Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Home Run Apple Sources Minor League Podcast. I am Steve Saipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos. Ken Levin, and Thomas Henderson. How is everybody doing this fine night? Doing okay. Doing okay. All right. So um, kind of important episode, but it's also kind of late. So we're just going to speed through things here. We're just going to quickly go over uh, how the Mets teams did this week because with all the excitement – of everything else going on with the draft. Unfortunately, the Mets teams did actually play. Uh, so <laughs> we kind of do have to mention that um, Syracuse Mets, they played the Worcester Red Sox. Um, they did bad. They lost five of six. They dropped to two and nine in the second half. Everyone's going to have the next couple of days off for the All-Star break. And then Syracuse is going to resume play on Friday with the three-game series against the Rochester Red Wings. So hopefully that uh, the, the next couple of days they can figure out what the hell is going on up there. Um, since he is rostered with Syracuse, we might as well discuss Mike Vazel. He was the Mets' lone selection at the Futures game, which took place on Saturday. Um, the NL Future Stars beat the AL Future Stars 5-0, so go National League. Vazel faced two batters. He pitched in the seventh inning. He walked Yankees outfielder Spencer Jones. And then he struck out Angel shortstop Kyron Paris. So that's Syracuse. The less time we spend on that, the better. Yep. 
But unfortunately, it doesn't get much better. Um, Binghamton Rumble Ponies now. They played the Portland Sea Dogs. Also had a lousy week. They also went one of five. So they dropped to three and eight in the second half. On Friday, they're going to start back up um, after the All Star break against the Somerset Patriots. Crossing our fingers that they recharge and regroup because they struggled mightily in the first half against the Patriots. They went four and eight in two series. So not looking good. Brooklyn Cyclones, they played the Wilmington Blue Rocks, and thankfully, somebody had a good week. Brooklyn went 5-1 and one against the Blue Rocks. They're the outliers of all the Mets teams this week. Uh, honestly, they're the outliers in the entire second half, really. Um, with this series done and over, the Cyclones have a 11-4 and four record. They are leading the South Atlantic League North, and they're the only team in the Mets minor league system to, they're the only team in the Mets organization, period, uh, full season anyway, that have a record above 500. So after the break, they're going to take on the Hudson Valley Renegades, and they played them last about a month ago, and they went 4-2. and two, And that kind of actually, you know, uh, will be an important series, so crossing my fingers here. St. Lucie Mets, they played the Lakeland Flying Tigers, and following the pattern, they also had a bad week. But... They actually went above and beyond because unlike <laughs> Syracuse and unlike Binghamton, they just lost every game, period. They got swept. What's so, the opposite of above and beyond? Below and... Below and... Short? Unbeyond. Unbeyond? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, the St. Lucie Mets are unbe- un- unbelievable, so they're unbeyondable, too. I don't know. But six more losses added to their tally, and they are... 3-11 and 11 in the second half now. So I don't actually know what's harder to believe, though. The fact that they have three wins somehow, or the fact that the Palm Beach Cardinals are actually worse. They are 3-12, and 12, so they're a half game worse than St. Lucie. Which, if you're worse than St. Lucie, that's really bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, that's right. Um, but after the break, St. Lucie is going to take on the Jupiter Hammerheads in a four-game series, uh, doubleheader on Friday, and then one apiece on Saturday and Sunday. And then last but not least, of course, the FCL Mets, and they were 500 on the week. They went 2-2, two and two, and they are 14-9 and nine on the year. All right, so MLB draft is taking place as we speak, and the Mets just made their first selection. Um, just a quick recap. They ended the season last year with a 101 and a 61 record, so that made them eligible to make the 22nd overall pick. but because the payroll last year exceeded the competitive balance tax threshold by more than $40 million, their first selection got bumped back 10 picks. So instead of picking at 22, they picked at 32. So with the first overall pick, the Pittsburgh Pirates went with Dylan Skeens. So All Skeens. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You put, oh, it, you put it there. You put imagine, their together. <laughs> imagine Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens put together. Oh, my God. That's basically Shohei Otani. Yeah, that is true. Actually, it still might not be as good as Otani, which is <laughs> fucking wild. Paul Skeens. So, I mean, I have, that was a fine pick in my mind. Nothing wrong with that. It was either going to be really Skeens or Cruz, I would assume. So, possibly Langford. I have no problems with that pick, with them doing that. Yeah. I, I, think like, it was... I like Cruz more, but... 
like I think it was kind of dumb to take Skeens instead of Langford or Pierce, but what are you going to do? I really hope that he is pitching the major leagues next year. He probably is. Yeah. I also really hope the Pirates don't do something stupid and have him pitch in the majors this year. Yeah, that would be very dumb. <laughs> I heard somebody on like the draft coverage talking about that. Given given his propensity to say stupid things, it was possibly Harold Baines. I don't know, but mm-hmm. like ne- I think next year, I don't even know if it's next year. Like breaking camp with the team, but he should be taking major league reps next year for them. Yeah, I think, yeah probably. Think. And I think it's one of those things where he's a talented pitcher, and we kind of there's so much discussion around him that I think it. I don't want to say underrated him because he's the number one pick in the draft. But, like, he doesn't suck. He has a bad fastball shape that makes him a little worse. But he's not terrible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's still yeah. a really good prospect. And he's still very... I just would have taken Cruz, I think, over him. And probably Langford. I think I would have taken him third if I would be making the picks in the order of which I liked them, if that makes sense. He should not pitch at all this year. No. No. <laughs> they should he should sign and then they should say go hang out at home or uh, go come come to the complex and work out I, I i feel like it was wasn't it the pirates that like 10 15 probably more than 10 15 years ago at this point probably like 15 20 years ago at this point had the stupid like boot camp marine corps crazy That's guy so pirates. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do you recall what i'm talking about or Yes. I not. Yes. Oh, the okay. Marines tie, and then Polanco hurt his ankle, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Like people complaining, <laughs> getting hurt. Back with this, and for those of you don't who don't oh. remember Gregory Polanco, the prospect, he was like a top five prospect in the game at the time, and the Pirates were sending him to like military style boot camps, and he was getting hurt because <laughs> the Pirates. Because pirates. Yeah. So I hope they're not uh, still doing that. I don't think they are, but. Anyway. That would be yeah, that would be problematic. All right, so after that we had 32 selections. Um, they don't pertain to us in so much as they influenced obviously who was still around when the Mets made their selection. Does anyone have any strong feelings about anything that happened with any of those picks before we talk about um, the Mets' selection? The NL East did very good, unfortunately. Yes, I'm. Yeah. Well, 10 seconds first. The A's are hilariously stupid. So dumb. That that's all that needs to be said. The NLEs did insane, which is Thomas's point. The Nationals went from Skeens, who is good, but has fastball problems, and who they were probably going to mess up because they can't develop a pitcher for shit. And they wound up with the best player in the draft, arguably the best draft prospect since like either Rutschman or arguably back to Harper, and they got Cruz. The Marlins pulled the two top prep guys, probably, mm. and Meyer and White. I think there are a couple prep guys better than White. He might have been fourth, but they pulled both of them. And then, Even if it was just Meyer, I would have yeah. been more, like yeah. Meyer. And then I, my, I posted a tweet with my draft hot takes. I think Waldrip, Hurston Waldrip, is going to be the best arm in this class. His splitter is as good as Skeens's slider there's more runway for him to be improved he just needs to he needs command improvement and he needs the fastball to become better and he went to the Braves who are really good at maximizing those things 
he's going to be dominating by like late 2024 in the major leagues, I think, presuming there's no injury. And, and we were sitting there like wa- watching him just not get drafted by the Rays, by the Brewers, by the Guardians, so many other good pitching teams where he would have fit. It was like, yes, please take him. He'll be yeah. good. And he's fallen all the way to the Braves who will maximize this profile and just kill the Mets with it. And it's, it's very annoying. If if there's one thing that we love to see, it's the Braves getting pitching prospects because that mm-hmm. never comes back to bite us in the ass. It's just it's proof that the, they're, it's a, they're a good organization and that's why. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the Marlins obviously do some good stuff and they're good this year, especially with pitching. They don't really, I don't think they draft bats very well, but they didn't deal with that in the first round anyway. And Dylan Cruz is, in my opinion, the number the best prospect in the draft. So. <laughs> A lot of fun stuff happening. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so the Mets finally got to the board. I think it happened during a commercial break, which is extremely Metsian. (laughs) Um, but with their pick, the Mets selected Colin Houck, the shortstop from Parkview High School in Lilyburn, Georgia. So what are our initial thoughts? I mean, I'm I don't want to say I'm thrilled. That's maybe not the right word, but I think this is a pretty good pick. Yeah. I'm a little. What's the not hesitant? I'm a little there were college players that I think I might have preferred that were still available. But I mean, Hauk is a upper echelon high school hitter. He's maybe one of the best three or four. So, I mean, it's not like they picked a guy that. Not, I, I don't want to say he's a nobody because that's again not the right word. All these guys are are somebodies if they're if they're draft eligible and, and potentially art names to be picked here but he you know he's a guy i it's it's it is better than some of the things they could have done here i think it's better they could have wound up with kevin mcgonagall who was mocked to them and how certainly is more upside uh i think he's a better player than a better draft pick than yohandy morales they could have done something stupid. I don't know what, like, pick a stupid thing out of a hat. It could have happened. Uh, but there are also better players I would have rather seen them take. Like, Ty Floyd is the, the big one. Um, I might have even preferred Ledbetter, who was still on the board. Gino Groover, even. I, I, I don't... 
it's fine. I might have even liked either of the prep pitchers that went immediately afterwards, Josh Noth or, or Charlie Soto. At 32, well, for Josh Noth. Yeah, at 32, it's a good pick. It's not a great pick, and the unfortunate reality is that I just have I don't have any faith in the Mets to do to maximize anyone at this point, and I don't know how anyone could have faith in that. And and given that, I it's tough to get too excited. Yeah, I would I would have liked Floyd. I think I would have taken him if that was me making the pick. Yeah, but, just, he just went off the board at thirty to the Reds. Yeah. to the Reds. The, yeah, the Reds pulling the Reds, who are one of the better. They're not like the top tier pitching dev orgs, but they're probably the second tier. Them pulling both Louder and Floyd in the same draft is incredible. That's awesome. That is a shot in the arm. Yeah, that's great stuff from them. I don't know. Hauk is... I think I'm solidly like in the middle, which is funny to say solidly in the middle on it, but I, I, I see the vision, and I understand it, and I understand how he could take a next step and be really good, because um didn't play as much baseball as everyone else being a legitimate football recruit, like got D one offers to play Mm -hmm. football. Um, So there's more baseball for left in him, kind of like a Northeast prospect, how we talked about those before where they play less baseball based on weather. He played less baseball based on time. Like he was playing actual football in the fall. So, Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like because the power is there. And I think it's legitimate, and he's a prep guy, very athletic. Obviously, you, you're not going to be a D1 football recruit without being athletic. It's just not possible, <laughs> unless you're a lineman. But And he was a quarterback. so. But, um, yeah, he swings and misses a lot, and can the Mets fix a swing and miss prep bat? I don't know. So <laughs> we will see, you know? <laughs> but also, we'll all find out together. If he didn't swing and miss, then he wouldn't be there at 32, unless they did some shenanigans, for the most part. So... Anyone you're taking here has some warts, I think. So, yeah. warts being a mean term about it, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. For his career, um, he played in 130 games. Um, basically, the beginning of his career was 2020, so that kind of puts a damper on things. But in 130 games total, he has a cumulative 421, 517, 780 batting line, uh, 33 doubles, 8 triples, 29 home runs. 39 stolen bases in 41 attempts and 70 walks to 80 strikeouts as high school stats. Of course, throw all that shit out, <laughs> but yeah, he is a physical kid. Um, was he six two, one ninety? 190. So you know that he's going to, he's going to grow a little bit. He's going to put on some good muscle, super athletic. You love to see that a lot of raw power. Love to see that. Um, what is he? He's, he's recorded a lot of 90 plus exit velos in tournaments. So again, like to see that. He's closer. I know he, the, the player I'm about to compare him to went 25 picks higher, but it was a much shallower. He, he and he's better, but it was a much shallower draft. This is like a historically deep draft. Um, and teams have gotten smarter. He's pretty similar to Brady House. Hopefully and his career goes better than Brady House thus yeah, far. I mean, that's the reality with this guy, these kind of guys, right? Like, you can take these high upside preps, and certainly if they're, you're going to draft a prep, and I've talked about this seven billion times, take ones with actual upside, 
sometimes these preps turn into Roman Anthony and you get a top 10 prospect next year, or a top 20 prospect, wherever yeah. Roman Anthony's going to rank. And sometimes they're Elijah Green. Uh, come up with who, come up with any of the myriad of names that, that could fit in this spot. The unfortunate reality is that the Mets at this point, are, we just can't be confident in their ability to get that development done. Does that mean they should have taken someone else? I don't know. Really, there's a matter of personal preference there, matter of what you thought about the other guys on the board, etc. It, 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 it's, it's not bad. I think that's the best we can say about it right now. And it's, it's a high-risk play, and maybe it works out. And we're like, yeah, what a great pick ne- this time next year. And, and maybe it's a, a wash and he's a non-prospect or traded for a reliever in like 18 months. Oh, God. And and like I I don't think that they shouldn't be taking risks like that in these spots just because. Like, I don't know. Uh, taking risks where they are now at 32 with the level of their form system isn't the worst thing in the world to me. Mm-hmm. Just it's, it's bad now. So I would rather them take, because what if they take a safe guy at 32, like, okay, we slot him in and slot him in and forget him at four in the prospect pool. Right. And, and when we do our top 25 in six months or whatever it is, we slot him in at four or five and we just don't think about it. And then he just kind of goes through the system and we're all kind of bored. Like Colin, how could be, fly up rankings like lucas was saying or he could suck and there's more there's more if it, if he sucks then it doesn't change anything but if he's actually good then it actually gives them an impact prospect so i don't mind taking the risk there maybe it's a little too risky but i don't mind it honestly yeah. from I mean, where they are in their minor league curve and even in their winning like they're trying to win the world series like they're <laughs> as as much as we're tr- we're making fun like as much as they're not good this year and all that stuff like they're going to probably in perpetuity try to win the world series every year so if hauk does pop then that's a guy who could help you do that and if he doesn't then that's another two on 20 million dollars cohen has to spend on an outfielder or a second baseman or whatever the best guy is to fill the 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 lineup with you know so Mm -hmm. it is what it is to me so i I see the vision is what i'm saying to that point of it being a you know, acceptable risk, that's not the right phrase, but a good swing for defenses. I mean, when you're at the position that the Mets are drafting, that too, the safe players are going to be like you're saying. The safe players are going to just kind of be like, eh, ho hum. So, and if you do take a swing and a miss, if you do take a swing and you miss, you're missing at you know 32 overall. It, it is what it is. You know, it sucks that the system will then miss that injection in the arm that you would be hoping it getting. But it's not like you're taking a swing and going with some sort of crazy gamble at pick number three, yeah, number 10 or something, you know? Like, look at Desmond Lindsay. He was picked, like, 50, I think, 52, whatever it was, because the Mets didn't have their first-round pick from... Was that Kadire? Uh, yeah, from Michael Kadire, yep. yep. signing Michael Kadire. I think that obviously Desmond Lindsay was a very big um, roll of the dice. He didn't work out, but 
at the time and even now i don't think anybody would say that that was a bad risk to take you know the, the, the chance that desmond Lindsay potentially blooms into something decent with a you know 50 whatever it was pick yeah that's a that's a good risk to, to try and 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 go for sure because similarly here you know they roll the dice with 32 if it works out sweet and if it doesn't work out oh all right Not and, and, and i think he has a, a legitimate upside too like i yeah. don't oh, yeah. i don't think we're like I don't think it's one of those things where they're swinging for the fences on like a Gavin Cicchini type where we're like, oh, what's the upside anyway? Or some shit like that, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like how has legitimate I would top 100 prospect upside even probably more than that with his profile and how he has he does damage in the zone and stuff. It's literally swing and miss. And I don't know if the Mets could fix that. And if they can, then they really got something on their hands. And if they don't, then. They'll probably be able to trade him to a team who thinks they can fix him. Like, that's also a thing. That's not what you want, but that's also a thing they could do, I'm sure. I don't know. I I, I came away from it kind of like, okay, I'm not upset, uh, but I'm not. I don't know what I would have been thrilled with at 32. Maybe Floyd, and that's it. But am I going to, if I'm putting myself that much into a box over a draft pick, that's kind of rough, too. Mm hmm. I hear you saying. Um, they're just in a weird spot. Yeah. Yeah. They're in a weird spot because all the teams who are really good pick that late and they know how to draft and develop. And, and more importantly, yeah, to your point though, the develop like the development point is key there. Those teams, a, are good at things, and b, yeah. know how to draft guys who need the things they're good at. It is not clear that the Mets are good at anything, and it is even more clear, (laughs) given the segmentation within their front office, that the two hands, or like six hands, are not working in concert. So even if they are, in fact, good at anything, there's no uh, synergy here so that they're definitely drafting guys with holes that they know their organizational strengths can fix. Right. So ultimately were muted in our excitement for the draft because of the same systematic organizational problems we are always bitching and moaning about here. It always comes back to the same things. It's it's unfortunately the most important thing right now. Yep. Because, yep. I mean, what else? When we're talking about the minor leagues, there's not really much else to even talk about with the Mets. Can they fix these guys, yes or no? How much fixing do they need? That's really what we're talking about it when we talk about the Mets, and I don't know. Yeah. Um. No, you know, draft pick coverage. You, you, in order for the draft coverage to be complete, you obviously need to have a unrealistic comparison to a perennial Hall of Fame or uh, All Star or Hall of Fame. <laughs> so. Who is Colin Howe going to become? I mean, I'm feeling deep down, I'm feeling some major Troy Tulowitzki vibes here. And the broadcast Compton to Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria, yeah. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> that was a really nice one. See that. We should also, like, I think Thomas and I just went on a pretty negative slanted rant. Like, <laughs> because I, It's the thing is, I'm not really negative about it either. Yeah. It's just... 
It is what it is. Here's here are Hauk's rankings: 12th from MLB, 21st from Baseball America, 18th from Prospect Live, 17th from Baseball Prospectus, and 23 from Fangraphs. And they got him at 32. Like, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like where they got him is objectively good. Like, there's no argument about it. And we would be having this literal conversation about any single person that they've drafted because they are a bottom three farm system and they're, they're, uh, all their prospects have taken steps back pretty much. So, except Vassal. Basically, if, if, they, if they had taken Morales or Ledbetter or if your guy, Stephen Thomas, had been appropriate for this range taking one of them or if they had taken one of the late risers like floyd or groover or something who we were somewhat invested in because we've talked about them already we'd be more excited because of that but yeah there's also that too we we don't have that connection yet right the reality is that that connection in the grand scheme of things is meaningless yeah in, in terms of if you take a step back and look at the bigger picture and just look at the the emotionally agnostic percentages this is as good a pick. It's that like that our ability to evaluate it is not significantly different. And, and that's why I was saying I understand the vi- like I totally get the vision when they when they drafted him and I was like all right I see, I understand why you want him. It's someone that you wouldn't get here normally and you're able to really inf- like influx your farm system with a huge pile of talent. Just pure talent wise, he's one of the he, he's probably what three in the system or two yeah i was about to i was about to say like i mean it's hard to do right now because there's going to be a shit ton of movement in terms of players graduating and and players moving up and guys getting bumped down but where would he rank like real rough and dirty in in the in this farm system right now where would you put him at would you say one to one to five five to ten easily one to five easily Easily one to five. five One to four, I think, even. I either put him three or four, or two or three, rather. I'd have to think about it. I'd put him three. We know that Alvarez, Senga, and Beatty are all going to be gone. So Vientos graduated too, apparently. Oh, okay. Well, he's he's further down, but but still, yeah, that would leave Parada, Jet Williams, Blade, Tidwell, Alex Ramirez, Mauricio, Hamill. And then when Vassal has to be Vassal has to be in the top ten. For me, yeah. Well, I mean, he was twelve last mm-hmm. year, so he'll be higher, just by virtue of graduation and whatnot. Let alone his his own performance. He's the biggest pop up prospect they have mm-hmm. this year. I think for me, it's it's Williams, Vassal, and then Hauk. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I think so too. I would have to think if I want to go crazy and put Vassal one. Because he's the best prof, pop-up prospect in the system, but I don't know if I would do that. That seems ballsy. <laughs> but it uh, does. <laughs> I mean, it's Williams hasn't really been good, so he's not hitting for power and not hitting. He's, yeah. he's walking. So, but I'd have to think about that. But he's definitely top three. I think. I think he clears Parada because Parada just cannot catch. So it really hurts his. <laughs> it hurts his prospect value in general. Yeah. It bumps him down. All right, well, you know, it is late, so we'll kind of end it. Well, also, he has an MSU commitment, so do you think that's going to be... No. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> they floated him here, unless they have catastrophically fucked up 
Like, yeah, this would be like which the Mets have done before. Well, no, this would be, this would be worse. Because, this would be the worst. I think even this is worse than the Rocker stuff. Right, Rocker, like Rocker. There was an undisclosed medical thing, which is not their fault. They fucked yeah, up but everybody kind of knew. Right, but it was worse. You don't know what it is. They looked at it and they're like, "Oh shit, it's worse." They fucked up by not taking backup picks. That's a fuck up. Not knowing Sprout's number or knowing it and gambling in the third was stupid. But if your whole play was to float a dude and you don't know the number, uh, that would be the single worst draft fuck up of like the last decade. (laughs) Surpassing, surpassing the rocker one. The slot value is, oops, the page just refreshed. Uh, the slot value is 2.61 million. So do you think he is signed over? Over. Yeah. Three and a half, five. Probably 15 to 20 range. Yeah. That that would be or my three and, a half, three and a half or four. I skipped I skipped the number four and went straight to five. I don't know how <laughs> I did that. Uh, three and a half to four and a half is probably the low to high there. What he's getting? Yeah, he's going to not necessarily make bank, but he's going to. So they're to cut, and and, nice. and that's that's honestly fine because they need to take a safe slash cut guy with the Sprout comp pick because mm-hmm. they don't get another comp pick. So like they were there, there's a cut built into this draft already for them. They could take that money and give it to Hulk. Totally fine. I it mean, works. I think it's still a possibility. Looking, let's see, it's Colorado Rockies just drafted 46 Sean Sullivan from Wake Forest. Um, I think that I think that my strategy might still be in play. Use the Sprout pick to 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 draft Sprout. I don't know if they'll do that just because. Nah, they're, they're 100%. no, he's probably pretty pissed at them. From yeah, here. I would assume it. Pro- that's probably too risky just in that sense where they could afford it, but it might be too risky for the player. Like, yeah, no, he was... might be like, hey, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> you knew my number and drafted me and then didn't match it. He's going to become a master's student just to go back to school, just to say screw <laughs> you guys. He, he grad transfers to like some small school somewhere just to screw the Mets over, even though he would go wherever he wants. He gives up on baseball entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. Just for the meme, it'd be funny. The, the Mets driving him into retirement at 21 or whatever <laughs> he is because they didn't match his number one time. Classic Mets. Can I my can I mock the A's just one more time here? Go right ahead. That's they took a high contact infielder with an, a 90th percentile exit velocity of just over 100 miles an hour in a small conference at six overall. Like yeah, but his dad was a good shortstop. Stupendously bad pick. And their next two picks that they had in the top of the second or in these middle rounds, I don't give a fuck what the actual round number is. I'll give you the pick number. At 39 and 41, they took Miles Naylor, who's a prep third baseman, yes, related to the other Naylors, but consistently ranked in the 60s or 70s or 80s. And I then, looked at him for the third round pick stuff that we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Ryan Lasko, who might just be a cut pick, but again, rated down in the 80s. But That's, he's from uh, the Rutgers Scarlet Knight. Yeah, the no, Great State of New Jersey, right? Like, what the? Yeah, I'll, I'll get here. I'll, I have. Nope, I put Hawk back in. I made us a little tool. I'll put Lesko's number. Oh, 
for fuck's sake. Lasco, not Lesco. I do that too. I was thinking. 89, 76, 76, and not ranked by baseball, by fan graphs for Lasco and Miles Naylor. 64, 66, 97, and after 100 for fan graphs. Just, just what is this? What is this team? I mean, that's why they're bad. I it makes me depressed because they're like my American League team. I went to school out there. It's it's depressing. I'm sorry, Ace fans. You really deserve better than like, this. Like they have a bad farm system, and the guy they took at six overall would not be the number one prospect in the system. So I don't even know that he's a top 300 prospect in baseball. He might be just 300 a lot. They gifted the Braves Matt Olson and Sean Murphy and got literally nothing out of it. Every prospect they got in those deals is bad now. <laughs> and I don't think I'm exaggerating. No, it definitely has been uh, pretty one-sided in favor of the Braves. <clears throat> but that's our lot in life, right? The Braves must be good, unfortunately. Oh, no, I'm thinking about Waltrip again. I'm going to go jump out a window. Oh, okay. So maybe we should just end this podcast before you do that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. I don't need that on my hands. Uh-huh. As Gino Groover goes 48th overall. <sighs> Who'd he go to? Diamondbacks. Oh my! He's gonna hit tanks I know. there. He's gonna hit so That's many such a good fit. <laughs> They've had it. Inc- they got Troy had a good and too. Groover. Yeah. They've had a That's good draft. Awesome. God damn. Well, even though we're starting to, what was that, 48 overall? I mean, the Mets mm-hmm. are going to be picking in about yeah, we eight We could talk about picks, it tomorrow, please. But, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the pace of this has been glacial, not great. So we're just going to pick up on the Mets' uh, second-round pick tomorrow and then, you know, rounds three through ten, which are going to be happening uh, tomorrow in the afternoon. So... Uh, if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complexthequeens at gmail.com. You can follow us all on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I am at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at KenLavin91. Thomas is at SadMetSeason, S-Z-N. Subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, rate and review it. And, of course, we thank you for listening. And a reminder, we are a Patreon-based podcast now so if you like our podcast if you like any of the other ones in the homer and apple network you can subscribe for five dollars a month and you'll get extra episodes and exclusive content and things of that nature so we will be back uh tomorrow night so until then love the mets love the mets